What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Where They've Been. My name is Jeff. I'm here with my co-host, Zach Moore. What is up, dude? What is up, Jeff? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing, doing good, man. Doing good. Hanging out. Today, we have a very special guest, Rachel Coonan, on the podcast. She's a friend from the great state of Wisconsin, the state of cheese. And mm. uh, it is an awesome podcast. Get to hang out with her. She's now in Texas now, liberated in the heat and the ice, actually, we talk about oh, true. That, the whole yes, power about outage, that. all that good stuff. But it's a incre- she has an incredible story. Yeah, to go international, actually, unbelievable. International. She got her start in England. Crazy, crazy story. Actually, don't you have a crazy story from England? I do. Yeah. I uh, how do you say? I got fat shamed by a uh, lovely tour guide at a castle. <laughs> It it's was so a kind g- of you. I yeah, I thought so. I thought so. Basically, yeah, we we were going to go up into the upper level of the castle where it was very narrow and he looked at me and he said uh yeah you're not you're not narrow enough chief i don't know i don't have a good british accent but he basically said chip chip cheerio and so i went to a cafe nearby and i ate myself a sandwich while my family got to go see the uh, the upper part of the castle so who's i really wish he would have said chip chip cheerio that chip chip cheerio oh now <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's uh, England was a good time. That just was a good lot of uh, good self-reflecting on that, that moment. That is but. just puts you into years of counseling. That's right. Mm-hmm. With you right Thank now. Thank you, on this Thomas. Episode. I feel like yeah. a lot of people's names are Thomas. Tommy. It's, no, Clive. Had to be Clive. Clive? Yeah. All right. I don't know. Anyway. You've been to England. I haven't. So That's anyways, right. we should stop talking about England. We don't really know anything. But Rachel does and she'll tell us as you will will see she will it's an incredible podcast so without further ado here's my podcast conversation with rachel coonan maybe we can walk that road again take a little time to sit and listen Welcome to the Where They've Been podcast. I have with me my friend Rachel Coonan. Rachel, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. How does it feel to be in Texas? Um, hot. Yeah. Very hot. This year has been so weird for weather, right? So normally January is the coldest. And mm-hmm. I mean, so you know, we met each other in the Midwest, right? So mm-hmm. cold is relative. Right. Yeah. So cold here. January maybe bottoms out in the 40s but it's generally like 50s right and then it just starts coasting up and it's it's awesome this year February freaked out that we were literally hit with that whole ice storm if you guys saw that on the news yeah yeah so we had no power for days okay longest stretch was 19 hours that we went without power oh my goodness seven degrees outside our van was literally frozen to the driveway because there's no, there's no, there's like, no salt, right? There's no yeah. salt. There's no yeah. infrastructure. There's no yeah. nothing. Yeah. So we got to like teach folks some of our scony ways and taught them that it's, it's okay to boil snow because there was also no water. Oh. Um, so anyway, that was Texas in February. Um, then it was super rainy and now it's just hot. So it's been awesome. It's, it's been a crazy year. Okay. Yeah. Tell, tell me like, what was that like being, in that because i obviously saw it on the news i think i mentioned we sent some text back and forth or yeah, on yeah. some facebook thing 
Cause like for me, we had our power go out like a week ago and it was like three hours. And I, I feel like there's some intense, like anxiety, like hour two, but 19 hours in. It was honestly, it was the craziest thing. And what was wild was I didn't realize that other people knew about it, like outside of our area. Right. Sure. I remember sitting on, we were sitting, um, cause it was all virtual COVID times. Right. So we're sitting doing a small group. And one of the people in the small group, like, boop, they just like kind of dropped off. And this was like the night before it all really went down really? It was because the wind and stuff was picking up. So by the next morning I wake up and there's like no power and it had snowed outside. It's like, this is so weird. So I'm literally texting my boss and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to probably be offline for a couple hours, you know, right. just heads up. <laughs> little storm came through. No, bags. a little storm. Yeah. I, that's what I was thinking. Right. Yeah. And I'm not realizing, Oh, by the way, the whole grid is failing. Cause we learned crash course that Texas is separate from the whole rest of the country. Yep. Like ready to secede at a moment's notice, you yeah. know, um, didn't know that was a thing. Um, but that's a thing. And then, yeah, then the water, something happened with the water. So our water completely went and it was just day after day, but it really turned into like a survival mode thing. Yeah. Literally, like there's like this innate response that, mm. that really was me. The I mean, I'm telling Tim, who's like the true Scotty boy, right? Oh, yeah. I'm telling him, hey, we need to get out and scoop fresh snow. We have to harvest the snow. We have to get the fresh snow. Like, what Unbelievable. is that? It's 2021. Let us harvest the snow. Let's get that. So yeah. that was really where we were because That's there was crazy. nothing to drink. We couldn't go anywhere because all the roads were iced over. Yep. Um, yeah. And then it start, I started to realize after I started to hear from people, because we were conserving energy and everything. <laughs> oh, this is like a whole thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everybody knows this is like a whole thing. It was um, a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. And now ironically, so it's like not even real Texas summer yet. Right. And ERCOT, the energy infrastructure, they're like, Hey guys, like maybe you can start to conserve energy again, you know, and it's like, seriously, come on, like, what are you doing? It's so, crazy. Cause it's, yeah. that's called, what is it called? Rolling outages, right? Yeah. But that was the thing. Like they were making it sound like the rolling outages were, I don't know, maybe scheduled. You know what I mean? Mm, or like that's sure. what one would presume with a roll, right? Right. That it like turns over. Right. And um, you, it would be something that happens quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Or that it's every four hours or right. every eight hours. Um, and it, the first day it was maybe like every four or eight that we would get power literally for an hour. Um, but then it started just stretching out. And so then what we would do is I would just make sure that all the lights and everything were in the on position. So that when the power came on, which was quite literally at like maybe two or 3 a.m., all the lights would come on. So that then we could at least run down and try and crank the thermostats back on to get some heat back in the house. Right. But we also had um, Tim's mother and my father staying with us at the time. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. It was like legit the whole family just like hold up in this joint. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to like break down stuff and burn it in the fireplace. It was. It was just, it was pretty surreal. Wow. That, that was our reality. And um, how many days did this go on for? Oh, I want to say it was like three or four okay. days. That's like I a lost track very of time. long like, time. Oh, for sure. Just sitting wow. there looking at each other. It was a lot. It yeah. was a lot. And like trying to keep the elderly warm and whatnot. Yeah. Seriously. Do you yeah. feel like 
that because that's it has to be a moment where you realize how connected we are to tv social media just being connected or whatever i feel like yeah you go into survival mode you realize like oh my goodness how distracted i am from life that's entirely true and it's what's also true is that I, I i truly do believe that that's when people show their greatest humanity yeah um because we fully had you know us like going into our pantry and and giving right or our neighbor coming over to boil snow because mm-hmm. we had a gas range so we could at least you know turn the get fire or get right heat, right exactly um, from that whereas her stuff is electric or we had friends that somehow like two cities over it was just like life as usual um they brought us some water and a little bit of firewood they were able to find um but so it really is like that's when people just show up for each other um that's the good stuff um right that's the good stuff when that rises up out of that kind of thing. exactly yeah that is so good yeah you need that it's almost like that's like a little bit of a reset to remind you that people are still good and they're not just the internet trolls that you want to slap upside the head you know what i mean that's kind of where i mostly spend my time yeah you people wear me out (laughs) straight up wear me out and so, I mean, if there was an upside of being like Little House on the Prairie for a week, yes, that was the only time I checked in was like, guys, we're we're here, we're doing, yeah, um, like quit trying to call me, quit trying to whatever me, yes. I'll, I'll come at you, you know what yes. I mean? Yes, I'll get um, back to you, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ultimate so. out of the office because the office is closed. Okay, so like bizarre. it was covered so in ice. Yeah, like I just didn't realize it. Like no one, yeah, it was it was surreal, entirely surreal. That's so true. Me and Abby were just talking about this. I think two days ago, we were talking about how comfortable we used to be with death and how uncomfortable Mm -hmm. it is now. And like, even like that aspect of survival, how comfortable we used to be with it, say maybe 200, a hundred years ago, Mm -hmm. you had to go out to and get water from a community or you couldn't, you know what I mean? Like you had to kill your own food or whatever and how different that is from now. Mm -hmm. And I almost wonder if, some of the like I don't know some of the traumatic events wouldn't be as traumatic if we saw them daily you know what I mean like if it was seasonally yeah yeah it's all perspective or like the frame through or the lens through which you view things right um that yeah there's there's just no way like I I I fully know of myself that if I were not born in this time which again wears me out but if I weren't I mean I'm like, I'm down at the supermarket. I'm not hunting a thing. <laughs> you need to like clean it, wrap it. You know what I I'm mean? With you. Like put a price tag on it and I'll beat yep. it on the way out. That's yep. it. That's I'm it. not killing it. I'm not touching it. But at the end of the day, if I had to, right. this season, like in February, help me reflect on if I had to, right. I'm going to take care of me and mine, right? right? But I'm not trying to. Or like if I lived in a time with no GPS, fully you wouldn't even be talking to me right now like I would have been lost in the woods somewhere you know because I had just no sense of direction um I I, it's the worst it's like I have to I got lost in the neighborhood the other day taking a little girl home from the swimming pool it's like half a mile and I went completely if I should have gone left I went right and it's it's really embarrassing um okay but to be fair I've been to your neighborhood every house is the exact same per like the housing HOA or whatever right you said so we got lost a hundred times when we were coming back it all has to look the same what's funny about the HOA bit of a tangent so speaking of I actually I suppose it's kind of connected so crazy Texas weather Mm -hmm. um we had this psychotic hailstorm this year right um 
and where it was like, oh, this is kind of cool. It's hailing. And then it was like, oh my goodness, it's hailing. Like yeah. these things were like golf balls, like just oh my bouncing goodness. off of stuff. So we're ending up where we need like a new roof and whatever. Um, so we have to put in a request with the HOA to get a roof because sure. here I come, I'm like, Hey, if I'm paying for the insurance to do this, Tim, let's talk colors. Let's talk this, let's right. talk that. Right. And so it all has to get approved. Right. Um, and so he actually serves on the architectural committee, snooty snoot. Um, and so he gets Big to time. crush dreams of people. Yeah, really. Right. It he gets to crush this, dreams. It really is. It's like people have like a vision or a dream or a place they want to go. And he's just out here and no. Um, and so I want to put a black roof on and I want black gutters on. And that's like, it's why not? It looks the cleanest. Yes. Yes. Our house is brick, right? It's going to look mm -hmm. really cool, but no one has that. Um, and so we put through the request and Tim's like, well, we'll just have to see what they say. And I'm like, you know what? There's a house that looks, it's the same, like, what is it? Four floor plan as ours. Right. But it's like orange and it's like two blocks over. You can't tell me ours isn't going to look better than that, which I yes. know is petty, but whatever. Um, and he's like, well, maybe they paid the fine. I'm like, let's talk about this fine. Like, a, is it, is it repetitive? Is it right. once? And then how much is it? Cause maybe I'll pay it. Cause it's a one-time $50. So if it's something like that, let's go. Yeah. You know, but Did yeah. Did you find out what it was? Not yet, but so oh. far breaking news, two of the three people who can vote voted yesterday. Hallelujah. So we might that's a majority rule it's over it should be because tim can't vote because that would be sketch right right but you're telling me you need a unanimous decision in the hoa to decide if I'm you can have sure a black what roof the actual Gufford. bylaws are because when we moved in we didn't really get a handbook so i just find out violation by violation Ooh, politics you know what i mean it really like... is, it really is. <laughs> the one that the one that floored me was the first year we moved in, I had put a wreath up at the door and it was for Christmas time, but I put it like, I made this thing and I made it like seasonal. It wasn't just sure. Christmas. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. it was red. And I was like, maybe I can roll with this thing until February. Cause hi, again, it doesn't feel like Christmas here. Cause it's like 65, 70 degrees. Exactly. Outside. Cause people are wearing snowflakes. shorts. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I got a notice from the HOA with a picture of the front door and then a zoomed in picture of the violation, like the reef, you know what I mean? Like it was just offensive. Um, and then, yeah, basically a warning, like that needs to be taken down. Oh that my needs goodness. To come down or there it's a $35 fee. Oh my goodness. So pay the it. fee. I'm, I'm just, just bah humbug. Forget you. You know what I mean? <sighs> it's, it's rough around here. That reminds me of when we had church signs that we weren't supposed to put out. And this was in Minnesota, the University of Minnesota. Uh -huh. We weren't supposed to put out these A-frame signs. And then our uh, we were all kind of like, you know what? If they take them, we'll just buy more. Like, we were just kind of like, it is what it is. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not taking them down. Yeah. So yeah. we set them out every Sunday. Go ahead. You know, and it was kind of like, what are they going to do with an A-frame sign that has a church's name on it? So, Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Out there following the rule of the law, huh? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it was on a public corner. Come on, somebody. Nice. Nice. No, that's that's crazy. Yeah, I think just the stuff that can really define, I don't know, really define your life or um just kind of your new reality in this mm -hmm. world. It's mm -hmm. it's crazy. Like HOAs yeah. and power grids and stuff. Yeah. It's just so weird. Yeah. And it's ever changing. It's ever changing. It, it sure is. 
I'm always trying to tell our, our children, right? So we have, we have three girls as you know, mm-hmm. and I'm always trying to tell them like, guys, you have it so good. Yeah. You have it so good. Um, just, I mean, we're in this neighborhood with the HOA, with right. the windy streets right. and everything looks all uppity and whatever. Right. right. Um, but that is their frame of reference. That is their reality. That is their starting point. Right. right? not they're not looking like at anything else like they're looking at and comparing themselves to their friends who are either at equal or above you know right, what i mean right that they have just no concept of this is what it took to get us here yeah you know? yeah there is none of that and isn't that the crazy part about kids is like they don't see all the work that it took for to get there but they sure. reap the benefits which is a beautiful thing about life yeah. right like yeah. that's so cool so yeah that's their start of reference so i want to dive into your story where's your start of reference like where does your story start out like i i remember we talked you were like man from london like there's <laughs> there's some there's some intricacies in here yeah yeah it's kind of wild i mean honestly I, you wouldn't know it from speaking to me right now, but right. yes, I was born in England. Okay. Um, the two halves of my family, um, my mother's family is from England, okay. never left. Okay. Right? My father was from Tennessee and then California, and okay. he had joined the Air Force and went to England. He was stationed in England. So after Vietnam, all that jazz, Sure. he got stationed in England, met my mother, maybe five minutes later. Um, wow. It was, I asked him about that, like maybe a couple months ago. I was like, wow, this is pre-cell phones, pre-everything. Awesome guys. That's, that's real solid story. That's um, so cool. It's something. I'm like, so did you just like drop your bag getting off the plane and like went to the club? He's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, so, what else was there to do? You had a free night. What does one do? You drop off your bag, you go to the club. No one's got a cell phone. And I mean, but this is seriously, I was like, so I'm trying to think this thing out because I was quite literally, Jeff, I was born nine months after he entered the country. Wow. I found this out in my mid twenties, like just doing basic math. Cause he talked about, he arrived in October and I was like, time I'm born in July. Like, wait a minute. Right. Mm-hmm. Time. Mm-hmm. Time out. Yeah. So that was that. So yeah, I was born in England. Okay. Um, I had, I mean, I went to English school. My, my, I, we had no thought. My mother never wanted to leave. So hmm. growing up, I had no thought that I would be ever living in America. Um, we came to America to visit my dad's family sometimes, but okay. what, what's kind of funny is in retrospect, I used to think that all Americans were in the military because all American people that I would see that, you knew, yeah, were in, in the military. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but so my parents, they, they did get married. Um, I have an elder brother, nieces and nephews and stuff who actually still live in England, never moved this way. Really? Um, so I, I it's kind of like, I have my, this whole other component of my family sure. that's just there and I'm here. Right. Um, but yeah, so my parents did end up getting divorced when I was six. Okay. And we moved, I went and moved with my dad around age eight to a different part of England. He had gotten stationed at a different base. He had basically okay. tried, because you hear about military families moving all the time. Right. Um, what my dad had done to try and hold everything together um, was basically just kept reapplying to stay in the sure. same base. And sure. then when that wasn't an option to stay in the same country. 
Yeah. Basically. Which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I went and lived with him. And at that time, um, he was basically getting married to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, another English person. That's like this recurrent theme. Um, but so I have a younger brother as well. Okay. And then we all moved to California when I was 13. Okay. Wow. So basically zero to 13, I was there and then wow. California and then Wisconsin and now Texas. So that is a huge culture difference, right? A shock from England to California. It was massive. It was massive. And in retrospect, there's so many things I would have done differently. Yeah. But tell me about it. What things what did would you, you do have at done? the time? Well, the, some of the first things I remember was my image of America was quite literally what you would see, like maybe on like 90210 or something. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. I mean, like straight up Beverly Hills. It's yeah. glamorous and it's fabulous. And, right. and keep in mind, this is in, this would have been in the eighties and nineties. The world sure. is a lot more connected yes. than it was then. Yes. Right. So then America, it was kind of like, you know, America, things released here first. And then months and months later, you it moved over. It, sure. Right. Whereas now it's, it's all like at the same time. Right? right. So it was just a very different time, um, which makes me sound old, which we're not going to dwell on, but whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> but so yeah, I had just this, this kind of like, it was going to be just this wonderful, spectacular type of thing. And just real shiny and sure. new and right. Um, and, and it very much wasn't, but I also, again, I moved when I was 13 and that's junior right. high. Yeah. What a formative time to move. Holy smokes. Junior high is awful for anybody. Yes. Everybody. And, right. And so I very much tried to sort of like fly under the radar I didn't want to be the person that sounded differently than everybody else. Right, right. And you did have an accent at that time, right? Completely. Yeah. Completely. Well, you grew up there 13 years. That's Correct. not going away. Yeah. Correct. So I very much just tried to mimic what other people did hmm. or copied their accents, which people will say, well, how did you do that? How does an actor do it? Exactly. Yeah. It's it, You just do it. You hear and it and so you do it. You do it. Yeah. And so I very much just tried to cover that part of myself, not for shame or embarrassment or anything, but just truly who wants to stand out at age 13? Right. Just acceptance, pure just acceptance. acceptance, just yeah. to be one of the crew, just to, you know, have friends and, right. and blend in. Um, now in, in retrospect, would I've done that? You know what I mean now? No, because it's a part of who I, who I am. Right. But at that time, absolutely. I didn't want any additional eyes on me for anything. Yeah. I just wanted to roll in and get my stuff done. But what, what's interesting about that is that obviously, you know, I, my children now, um, we made sure that when we were kind of pulling up out of Wisconsin and moving here, one of my kind of hard lines was that that had to be done in time for my eldest to sort of set roots and have friends before going to junior high. Sure. Because I just couldn't let that happen. Ahead. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, that makes so much sense. Absolutely. Yeah, because you want to be able to go in strong, to go in knowing people, to yeah. go in knowing kind of a foundational thing because yeah. you didn't have that. So right. we always pass, we always want to pass on to our children what we didn't have. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
So do you think that like this search for acceptance, which is so interesting if you think about it in this way of now we highlight our differences in this way that we didn't back in the day, um, like 20 years ago. Now it was like, hey, if you are English and you come to America, you change your accent so no one knows. But now Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, wow, you're the one who stands out because you're so different and it's Mm -hmm. so cool. Mm -hmm. Now they probably still are trying to change it because no one really wants to feel like that different person because you feel out. But it's just, it's, I think that's so interesting. So do you feel like that search for acceptance continued and that was like a pattern in your life? Or you feel like, hey, it was just kind of junior high, high school years. And then maybe I figured I grew out of it. I think that, I think that it would be true to say that for for many of us, we all wear a mask sometimes, but we wear it in different ways, right? Um, That it's not often that we will show our full true self to somebody, right? And, and that could be for a number of different reasons that we mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily do that. Um, but it, it, it's, it's been interesting for me. I'm finding quite honestly that it's in this season of life now that I'm getting okay with, this is who I am. I think mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a bit of a people pleaser mm-hmm. just by nature. Sure. Um, some of that is I, I don't know if that was just my kind of the way I would have been, or some of that was due to the whole like little scene of various stepmothers that I've had. Um, sure. I, I don't know if any of that is kind of why it becomes a bit performative and, and right. just trying to mask over some pain. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah. Right. I mean, it just kind of does, if you think about it, like in the abstract. Um, but it's, it's only just quite literally this season that I'm walking out now so as an adult Mm -hmm. that I'm learning to use my voice Mm -hmm. that I'm learning that I don't have to cover over or hide parts of myself sure to 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 gain the acceptance of others um because it's kind of like why yeah (laughs) why why do I why do I have to accept you lumps and all which I will Right. But in order for you to be okay, I have to hide part of me. Absolutely. And yeah. I haven't really sat and reflected on that before. Um, but that's sort of where I'm, that's really where I'm at and, mm. or just learning within my family yeah. and, and kind of this, this position that I've assumed over the years, quite honestly, which is kind of the person who sort of holds things together and gets stuff done. Right. That I got to carve out some room for me. Right. Um, and, and we, we, when we started talking, we were talking about the weather and, and all that kind of stuff, that season of that. I mean, if you can imagine that, like literally try to like make sure the family was going to be okay. And folks were going to survive and you've got the elders here and you're doing all the stuff and everyone's yeah. looking at me, but what are we going to do? Yeah. Um, and, and that, that season was even part of this of just, this is just too much. Right. I can't be all things to everyone. You absolutely cannot. No, no. No. So, so here I am an adult and telling teenage Rachel, what you did was fine because Mm -hmm. I understand what you did. Right. And it's taking me this long to get that perspective Mm. to be like, this is kind of who I am and that's okay. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's important to say, because so often we can go back and be critical of who we were in that season, but you were, you were what you were in that season because that's what you felt you needed to do to survive. Yeah. 
And I think yeah. that's what the reality is, is, okay, I was this, I was this to this, these people, to these step parents, because yeah. I felt like that's what I, that was my role. That's who I was. So, yeah. Yeah, yep. exactly. That's yep. the identity that I took on. Yep. What do you think? You think it was really that kind of survival, but what else kind of played into you finally coming to that realization? Like, why do you feel like just now you're realizing it? I know that, that some of the stuff that's kind of gotten me here, some of this is, is God moving in this mm -hmm. time for me. Um, he quite literally brought me all the way down here around the globe doing the thing and right down here to this, this point with kind of some of my extended family to just look it in the eye and see it for what it is mm. and, or actually speak it out to them of this is what, this is the seat I've had in the family my whole life, the fixer, the one you come to when stuff gets sideways. I don't want to do that anymore. Right. I can't do that anymore. Um, and so some of it, quite honestly, is I, I do believe it's it's kind of part of that movement that he's kind of showing me, you don't have to do this. Right. This isn't the, all this stuff that you're taking upon you is stuff. And you don't need to be that way. Right. So then I feel like I've got a choice. I can I, now, now that he's shown me and my eyes are open to it, I can either choose to go back undercover. Right. Mm. Or I can choose to stand up. And there's that, what is that saying? It's something like, um, you know, speak your truth, even if your voice shakes, it's something mm -hmm. like that. I probably mm -hmm. just completely massacred it, but that, that, that is true. Right. That this is where I am. This is who I am. And some folks are going to be in their feelings about that, but right. Kind of what it is. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, I love that. That's so good because I think we need to realize like so many, so many times we continue to do things for yeah. people much longer than we should yeah. and unhealthy things, yes. you know, and there's, there are things that I feel like we do for family specifically yeah. that could fall into the realm of unhealth yeah. that I feel like in certain seasons, it's admirable. Like, yeah. okay, my parent is going through this or my family is yeah. going through this. This is unhealthy for me, but I need it yes. for them. Mm -hmm. Except like, do it. Like, yeah. don't like, that's not the time to be like, I need some self-help. You know what I mean? It's like, nah, mm -hmm. let's, you yeah. know, but then there comes a time where it's like, I need to set boundaries. And if yeah. I don't set boundaries, I'm going to then miss out on the responsibilities of my children, my husband, yeah. my relationship with God, my, you know, like yeah. I'm going to miss that. Yep. So I need to set stuff forward. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's fully, that's fully where I've kind of arrived. And, and what's, what's wild about it is it's like, duh. Yeah. That's so, I mean, what really? Duh. But I think that when you've worn that mantle for so long, right. You're oblivious to it. Yeah. It just is. It's yeah. just static. It's just the background. It's just what happens. Right. Um, but then it can get too heavy. Right. And if you didn't wear it for that long, you wouldn't come to this realization mm -hmm. without yeah. someone or God bringing it to your, the front of your eyes, you, you would just continue to do it. Right. Right. And I mean, and it was literally just like, do you see this? Yeah, exactly. You catch this, right. You see this. Right. right. And again, now it's like you either your if your eyes are open, right. If someone has made you aware, or if you have become aware, then you consciously choose exactly ignorance yeah yeah and so so yeah so it's 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 been pretty cool um not easy 
Yeah. Not easy. And I think that for people who know me, they would be surprised by this because mm-hmm. my personality is always just kind of loud and kind of crazy and kind of whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, but there's also, again, there's a, there's your true self and then there's the self that you show. Exactly. Yep. And those aren't necessarily always the same things. I think that we all carry around different baggage, different hurts, different. Oh yeah. We, we all do. And um, some of us make them more wide known than, or widely known than others. Um, some of my favorites are the people who just post like dramatic cliffhanger type things. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> you know what I'm I, about. it's like, it's like the post of like, I knew you would hurt me again, dot, dot, dot. It's like, oh, and release onto the interwebs, right? And it's just, you know. Maybe write that in your notes app. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) let's let's workshop it a little bit. You know what I mean? I mean, why? Yeah, yeah. So so I don't know. I think we, again, I think that anyone who who knows me, who, you know, would be hearing those things, they're probably like, because it seems probably like, I, I'm handling a lot of stuff or I'm taking stuff in stride and all those sure. things are true. Um, but there, there was a tipping point. There was some, there was something in there and there's not any one thing where I could be like, that was right. It. Right. There's none of that. Yeah. It was just, Mm-mm, I'm not going to be that person anymore. Yeah. It's kind of, that's awesome. That's great. So I know I've seen you post this before, but you, you, I think your Enneagram is like a three, correct? Yeah three wing two. It's rough. You know, what's cool about that. Okay. So I like, I'm a, I'm going to sound like, you know, have you seen that? You're younger than me. So whatever. I'm not going to go there with you. I was going to say the Romeo and Michelle movie, you know what I'm talking about? Like how they're talking about business women. No, that's really sketch on your part. And I hope that some people in the audience know what I'm talking about. I but need anyway, to do some research, some market research together on that. Yeah. You know, because I apologize. They talk about their business women and whatever. But, <laughs> so I've taken lots of those personality profiles, sure. right? And it's always like, you're an extrovert, you're a whatever. Yeah. Whatever. But this Enneagram business. It's legit. It's wild because yeah. it speaks out the parts of myself. Oh, yeah. That I don't like, I'm like, Mm-mm, I'm not telling anybody that. Oh, for sure. 100%. Like the parts that I struggle with of myself, like I, I'm huge on humility. We must mm-hmm. be humble. We, mm-hmm. we have to, we're not the smartest people. We're not the greatest people. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yet there's this thing in me that wants to be the best. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah. It's rough because I'm like, <laughs> wow, that's prideful. And that's, yeah. And so the Enneagram has kind of given me a little bit of space to breathe. You know what yeah. I mean? Of like, yeah. okay you're kind of wired that way. Not that you've gotten a free pass. Um, but yeah, I really like it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. What is yeah. your Enneagram number? I am an eight wing seven. And what, what is, I don't know all the numbers, but like, so what the is eight is the challenger. And, um, I think the seven could be, I think it's called like the enthusiast or whatever. So the eight is the like, seven is let's go. That's yeah. You. The seven is Bob Goth, Bob Goff. I don't know why okay. I just, I said miss Goff, Goth. Bob, I apologize if you're listening. Um, 
Bob. So just like the life of the party. And then eight is more like the challenger. So that's more like the, I don't know, there's like traditional eights that I don't want to be associated with. So anyways, um, but I yeah. I see that about you. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, what I love is there's always dark sides to the personality. Yeah. And everyone has that. Yeah. But there's positives as well. It's yeah. just the, the Enneagram's dark sides are mm-hmm. always spot on. 100 percent oh yeah for sure but they put it like in this cute little like infographic thing on instagram and it looks like fabulous but you're like that's my shame yeah exactly and it's just like right there yeah oh yeah wildest thing oh yeah like it's super funny and i've said this before uh, on this podcast but like the enneagram eight is known for like their underlying anger which i just like is just so real but it's not really underlying sometimes like in high school i was like voted the most likely to um crash into someone's car angrily or something like it's like oh yeah it's like most likely to like die in road rage or something it was like this why was this an option number one why was that like a thing that that was even a category that i know voting on i should sue anyways (laughs) um but you know (laughs) but that's like actually true so it's just like yeesh don't like that but but i love it yeah enneagram three so that's just high high achiever high performer um Mm -hmm. someone who can really is malleable can really fit into any situation Um, But then you have the two wing, which means that you get caught helping people that you don't want to help for reasons that you don't understand. Yeah, that's crazy. Kind of like that thing I was just talking about. It it sounds exactly like it. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Which is awesome, though. I love it because I really feel like it helps us understand each other. I really didn't. I mean, I was just exposed to it. I don't know. Time's crazy, right? I guess probably a couple years ago now, Mm -hmm. for sure a year, probably a couple years. I don't know. But the, the purest example of that, that striving for achievement thing mm-hmm. that I can think of, and it drove me crazy at the time, was I graduated from high school. Oh, yeah, like, yay, congrats. Way to, way to graduate. <laughs> so I graduated from high you school. You did it. I was like, it was like, a, it was like a declarative statement. I graduated. Yeah, right. Congratulations. I apologize that I did not. We'll put an applause track in here. Yeah, could you, yeah, just cue that up. But so, so I graduated and, and I, I graduated towards the top of my class. I did very, very, I did well. I yeah. really did well. Yeah. But I had, I didn't have a lot of support at home. Sure. To where I, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I didn't know the student loans were a thing. Hmm. I did not know that. And that changed the trajectory of my life. I didn't know that. So I had parents at home who would tell me, you, we don't have money for you to go to college. And I didn't know student loans were a thing. Therefore, college isn't an option for me. Mm. Like, isn't that insane? Like, what, wow. what is that? Yeah. So, so I didn't go to college right after school. So I got a job and I just did whatever. And I thought this is going to be my life now. Uh, um, and, you know, fast forward a few years and I'm like doing the job thing, doing whatever I, I decide I want to be a teacher. That's what I always wanted to do was I wanted to teach high school English. Miss Hurley was my teacher in California. She did stand up comedy on the side. It was amazing. That's awesome. And so she would like sometimes pilot jokes with us in class. Yes. It was the best, but she made you feel seen and like a person, you yeah. know, not just some random student. Yeah. Um, 
So Miss Hurley, if you're listening, which I doubt that you are, but shout out to Miss Hurley, major props her way. Shout out Miss Hurley. Miss Hurley. Let's get some of your jokes on the pod. You know what I mean? She was, she was just amazing. Isn't that, that's so cool though. Sidebar teachers, like they can have such a huge impact. So thank you. Thanks teachers. You guys are good. Thank you teachers, especially after this year when I was like a full-time worker slash mom slash teacher, it was, um, yeah, it's been fun. Um, (laughs) But anyway, so I didn't know I could go to college. So I'm working, I'm doing whatever. So I'm talking about like this major Enneagram three thing that I didn't know was a three at the time, right? And I'm now, so whatever, I leave California, I get to Wisconsin because my whole life is like this connect the dot flow chart thing. So I'm in Wisconsin, I'm working full time. I'm actually pregnant with my first child. I'm going to school now. And I'm literally trying, I'm doing night school to get my bachelor's degree, right? So I'm going to school, going to school. Um, I, I take as many classes as I can. I take off, have her, right? And then go right back to school and keep going. So I graduate from Cardinal Stritch University in Milwaukee yep. with a bachelor's degree. And my eldest daughter is like two years old. She's literally right there with me, but I've done it. Okay. I mean, I have done it. That's incredible. And I'm sitting there. I have just walked across the dang stage. I've just walked the stage and I've like, just realized this dream. I'm the first to ever graduate from college for my family. Come on. Huge. Right. Yes. And then people start walking across to get their masters. And I'm going to tell you, if it didn't come through my head, well, I want that. Why don't I have a master? (laughs) And I'm just like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. What is wrong with you? Yeah. Why isn't it enough? Why can you not be satisfied? Why, why? And Mm -hmm. I didn't, catch it at the time but that thought has never left my mind right, right? and now and you have seven I, masters right yeah no actually I don't I don't have any <laughs> I don't have any but I do want to go back to school um <laughs> sidebar just yeah. for fun just for yeah, fun just for fun but, but yeah so when I learned what my Enneagram number was that moment in time like laid right over I mean it it was perfect sure. It makes sense. Yeah. It was to the T. Yep. What that is. Yeah. I want to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. But at least gave me grace on myself of, okay, this is just part of how you're hooked up. It's just exactly right. Well, and that makes sense. That makes sense. I think for sure. And I think it, you can see it in other aspects of your life, right? Like that you went from Wisconsin to Texas. Like that was a big move for you guys. And I remember you uh, bought your house before even seeing it in person. Like, yeah, that's like, yeah. I feel like something that someone who's just like, I'm doing this and I got this, you know what I mean? Like, or something, someone who's like totally a baller with like just tons of money. You know what I mean? I know, like that's what I'm saying. Properties. Yeah. And then we all of a sudden we come down there and it, we're like, this is amazing. This is incredible. So it looks kind of fancy, but we bought it like right on FaceTime. Seriously. Like, I know. what is that? We that's paid insane. the mortgage twice before we moved in. It's that's a baller move. Like that's seriously it incredible. It makes sense. That was so incredible. But that makes sense. Like, and then for your job, like continually to be moving up and to be doing kind of all of the stuff that you do, I think that that really make fits into the personality. Like, I'm gonna yeah. just dominate this season. Yeah. That's really because that's truly you're living up to kind of who you are and crushing it. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. You know what? But you know what I've had to reflect on is part of me is always looking for that in other people. Mm. Right. 
mm-hmm. and always questioning that in other people. But why? Yeah. But why don't you want to go? But why? But why? Mm-hmm. And and it's been a learning for me, quite honestly. Of hi, we're not all wired the same. Sure. And that's beautiful. That's it intentional. Is. It is. It needs to be that way. Everybody can't be just like wigged out of their mind like I am all the time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like that can't be. And so it, it's it's my husband Tim. He's like to, we we talk about each other that he is gravity. He pulls me down sometimes but I lift him up. I will challenge him up, but then he will be like, it's okay. Yep. You know, Yep. that's what we need. We need balance like that. We need people like that. You do. Absolutely. And shout out to Tim, the home inspector, one of my favorite people on planet earth. He's, he is awesome. He is is awesome. It does make me laugh. Just kind of like God's plan for folks that here's me. Who's just like, whatever, it'll work out. Let's buy our house on FaceTime. It's chill. Let's just do it. And then there's Tim who is like, well, the regulation says this has to be like tip, whatever. No one cares. Just do it. <laughs> and you know, that that exact discussion happens at our house has happened. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That exactly. It happens. I'm like, oh no, my goodness. No one cares about that. Well, the rules say who's even reading the rules. No one reads the manual. Tim, okay. And, okay. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's yeah. hilarious. Isn't that interesting though? Like that you you're trying to find someone who relates to you. Like, why aren't you like me? I think yeah. every number does that in the Enneagram. And I think every personality does that because like, I can say for myself, eights are more like that abrasive type. Like mm-hmm. I'd rather just have you tell me you hate me to your, to my face than like have this behind my back. Like, okay, fake. Like I'd rather just you come up and say, I actually hate you and be like, okay, that's at least really I know. Aggressive. Yeah. But like, that's like what I, what I feel. And I'm always do you looking do that for- to somebody else. You would just walk up to them and be like, yo, no, no. I just would never talk to them again. See, that's more what I'm about. Like yeah. I'm not a small talker. I, I don't like networking functions. Yeah, I'm not yeah, yeah. that person. Yeah. I would just rather not talk to the person or interface with the person. See, it's interesting because I can be that person if I need to be because of that seven, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. like, I'm like, yeah, I can be that life of the party. Let's, let's joke and stuff. But then in my like close friends, I have like four really close friends and it's like, okay, uh, you know, everyone else is goes away that I have these four people, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's kind of, so yeah. that's the more of a tight knit and you always yeah. look for that in that. Yeah. So the same thing, like I had a, one of my uh, friends is a, a four. So it's like, mm-hmm. he's like super creative and he's always mm-hmm. like, do you think about stuff like this? And I'm like, no, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not creative. Like you, like, I don't like, like, I don't think about that at all. That thought has never crossed my mind and I hope it never does. You know what I mean? Like that's like what I think. <laughs> I often do that to Tim. I'm like, okay, so like, what are you thinking about? And he'll just stop and he's like, what? And I'm like, no, what are you thinking about right now? And he's yeah. like, what? <laughs> you <laughs> know, the Brewers had a tough game last uh, night. <laughs> but he's like, nothing. And I'm like, how is that even possible? Because yeah, because you're calculating 10 moves ahead. I'm, I'm like down the road. Exactly. Like I'm yep. way down the road. I'm gaming at option one, two, and three. Like I'm way down the road. And exactly. I'm like, it would be kind of cool to just like hang out in there like for a day and yeah. just be like, what's going on? Exactly. Nothing. Yeah. That'd be kind of rad. It would be cool. But then and at the same time, you'd be like, well, what am I doing? Why am I not achieving something? Why am I not moving towards something else? So could you imagine how much we would like learn about each other? 
Mm -hmm. if we had the ability to do that. Yeah. It's like world peace. Solved it. That would be great. Someone just needs to figure out how to like plug the uh that way, you know? That would be great. Once Elon Musk figures out his neural link and he puts a a chip in your brain, then you can go ahead and just feel other people's emotions. Yeah, I don't feel like I want to do that. He keeps telling people to move to Austin. I'm like, stop it. Yeah. It's like, there's a lot of people here. Stop it. Yeah. And then he had that podcast where he talked about a neural link. And I was like, yikes, let's <laughs> not be the one that does that first. I'm watching this Netflix show right now. And the people's minds are kind of connected like that. And it's a little scary. Hmm. Group think, huh? Yeah. I wouldn't want to do that either. I don't think anyone wants in here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you skipped over like, Hey, I just graduated from college also. And I just, just, I, you may know this, you may not in England, they call it university, but mm-hmm. just a mm-hmm. big deal. They call it uh, uni. What? Uni. That's a uniform. For our university. Uni. But I skipped okay. over the story. Anyway. <laughs> so like what let's let's pause i want to let's go back into the england and then i want to hear how you get from california to wisconsin so oh. you get from sunny hollywood to the tundra of the coldest place with the most beer on earth i we need to talk about that oh. but before we do that yeah. i want to know ever i was listening to a podcast today and there were these english guys and they were talking about their tea and the milk and the sugar and all that stuff like what was your favorite favorite like english like tradition that's tough right because or maybe you got top top few <laughs> oh top few um fish and chip shop okay i'm Except down i don't eat fish what I don't eat fish. I can't handle fish. But how did you go to the fish and chip shop? Because they have sausage and bat. I I can't. It's going to come up. Okay. So I still, I talked about standing in myself and yada, yada, yada. I still get very anxious. I pronounce words the way that I learned how to say them. Sure, sure. And there are several words that if I'm around people I don't know, I'll try to consciously filter them, right? Well, don't filter them. Let them fly. Or... I don't say batter. I say, I can't even say it. It's like batter. Yeah. That's how I say it. Sausage sounds, and batter. It sounds beautiful. You know Isn't what I mean? Awful. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no tea. That's batter. I don't know. Anyway, A batter. Sausage anyway. and batter? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, I try know. it. I try it. Um, a cup of tea with digestive biscuits. Which is an digestive odd name. biscuits? What? Digestive. Is yeah. that just because they're like crumbles? They're like a wheat or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, I, I often, I I think about this sometimes because even like, okay, so like, not to like, but like 4th of July or like those Mm -hmm. types of holidays. Mm -hmm. Right. And people talk about what is home. Right. I don't really have a place that I necessarily think of. Interesting. That way. Cause I don't know what that is. Right. Right. But I do know that when the plane touches down in England and I get that it's has a, there's a smell or the, the wind and the, right. And it's right. like, okay. Right. I have that moment, hmm. you know, that's so cool. Um, so maybe, maybe that's, that's part of that. Um, yeah. Just like the atmosphere, the feeling, yeah. the, the culture. The yeah. yeah. Like my favorite thing is like a miserable, windy, rainy day. That's so cool. That seems but so English. Just miserable. Just when it's all drizzly and that, that's my favorite. 
favorite day. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know, like tradition wise. Um, I don't know, we, we never, we didn't really have a lot of traditions. We had traditions growing up that used to drive me nuts. Um, <laughs> just, uh, why, but why are we doing this? You know, yeah. oh, like yeah. Christmas and you have to like dress up in like your best clothes to like sit around and look at each other. Why, oh, yeah. why are we yeah. doing that for? So yeah. Tim's family, they just sit in their pajamas on Christmas day. They get church out of the way on Christmas Eve. Right. And they get pajamas all day. Spita- we fully adopted that one. Oh that's, yeah. That's in with us. That's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, well, we yeah, got it. You got the tea, the fish and chips, the yeah. sausage and batter. And batter. then, uh, um, yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't, there's, it's definitely a, a foundational piece of who I am. Right. Yeah. That's what I was trying to get at. Like 13 years is not an insignificant amount of time. No, You're no. It's some of your most formative years, you know, yeah. obviously. And then you California for the other ones. Yeah. And then you, you jumped over to Wisconsin. So I just think that obviously that I'm sure that holds a, a special place. It, it, it very much does. It, it really, really does. It's, it's definitely a key piece of who I am. Mm-hmm. I also realized how, kind of quote unquote Americanized I've become Mm. um, just in my expectation of things, right? That you go there and you can quite literally be in a shop that stood for 500 plus years and the building is leaning to the side and they specialized in one thing. And I'm like, but hold up, where's Super Target? Because I need all the stuff and I didn't now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Um, and, And so that kind of runs... In, in opposition Interesting. to the other sometimes. The craftsmanship of kind of like just honing your craft. There's something beautiful in that for sure. Yeah. 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 yeah so really tell me, how did you get from California to Wisconsin? Did you accidentally get on a Southwest Air, Airlines flight? And the Southwest run Northeast. Good because question. That is Northeast. That yeah. was a very good directional thing. That I Shout just out directional in. Google map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another random ism, and then I will tell you that story. And it's it's really like Rachel. Wow, what were you doing? But so I'm so bad with directions that I can never remember which way the sun rises or sets. Right? Uh-huh. Like if you ask me the question, I'm like, well, at my house, the sun starts in the back garden, and then in the afternoon it's in the front. So yep. what way is your house face? I don't know. Yep. Couldn't tell you. Red Hot Chili Peppers, that song Californication, mm-hmm. one of the lines is the sun may rise in the east, but at least it settles in a fun location. Yeah. I have to recite that in order to know <laughs> which way the sun goes. Isn't that awful? I'm like, okay, rises in the east, settles in a fun location. Calif- okay, California is, okay, got it. That's what I go through every time. It's very stressful. Wow. You know what? I think the describing it in your home, though, very relatable. I think pretty much everyone probably does that. Yeah. Tim Tim knows the direction. Okay. Like, but he's just like looking at homes, inspecting homes, and, you know, he's cerebral in that way. Yeah, he's got manuals out. And exactly. Gadgets. Exactly. It's like Some he's got his monitor. sundial out in the front. He's like, well, I think it's going to be, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Maybe lot. I don't, I don't use that either. I've never used East, West, North, South. I say turn left or right. Yeah. Where are you going? Yeah. Yeah. That I'm not rem- doing it. <laughs> that reminds me of, of the bit in, in, uh, in new girl. I don't know. Have you watched that show? 
I don't watch SNL. Oh my goodness. Well, there's some guys from Chicago. And since uh-huh. now I'm living in Chicago, I always think about this, but he is helping his friend out and he's like helping his friend uh, get back to get his dad's girlfriend and him back together. And he looks up straight up and he says, look, mom, I'm going to be a hero. And he's like, your mother's alive. He's like, yeah, I'm looking at Chicago. He's like, you think Chicago is up? He's like, it's North. And and then later on in the episode, he looks up and he goes, ah, and he's like, why is he telling that to Chicago? I don't know. Good question. So every time I like mentioned, like, no matter where I'm at, I'm like, uh, I'm going to make it home. Why are you looking up Chicago? It's North. Chicago. It's hard. If you always picture a compass in your head, you know what I mean? Yeah. Your it's name tough. might be Jack Sparrow. Yeah, pretty close. Like when we do drive cross country, if we're driving from Texas to Wisconsin or vice versa, it's very rough on Tim because he can't sleep properly because I generally don't pay attention. Um, and I don't have a good directional sense of where I'm going. And we have gotten off of the beaten path occasionally. And it's like, what? I, I don't know. I would. I mean, I yeah. was just jamming out to some music. Pretty much. And then pretty all of a sudden I is. missed our exit, you That's know? Pretty much what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. So California to Wisconsin. So it was a couple things that were happening at that time. I was 20. Um my my family life at home, I was I was kind of looking for a way out. You know what I mean? Like I, mm-hmm. I was kind of looking for a way out. Um, part of, I think the fact that I, I, I did leave my mother's home, right. I said, I want to live with my dad. Then I, right. went, I, I don't, I, I can do that pretty easily. Sure. I think that's good and bad. Mm-hmm. That Which I makes can, sense. Yeah. I can cut stuff off and just walk pretty easy, you know? Right. Um, and I think, again, I think that's good. And I think that's bad, yep. but, um, So I'm around that time. Anyway, we had just gotten the internet. Okay. We didn't have a computer. Like this is like at our home. Okay. We had gotten what was called web TV. It was quite literally. Yeah. You don't know about this because you're a youngster, right? Yeah. So I mean, I know about dial up, but web TV, that seems like a deep This was like, like a little modem thing that like turned your TV set into like a computer monitor. Mm. You mean like the first thing of Pong? No, it didn't have that. No, but it had like a catalog that came with it, right? Of <laughs> okay. things to do on the interwebs, basically. Sure. It was this catalog. And so I'm flipping through this catalog and there were like internet chat rooms. This is not going to be a sketch story because I, I see you. you're like, oh my goodness, where are we going? Um, but so I'm flipping through the catalog on the web TV and I go to this chat room and I have no clue what's happening. I mean, I've used computers at school, you know, right, all that, right, but right. we never had our own. Right. And this is our first foray into having our own. And it was within a couple days of having our own, somebody starts sending me messages, like talking about, I did what you said. It was like this guy turns out to be Tim, like, you know. There you go. Spoiler alert, right? Turns out to be Tim. But <laughs> start sending me messages talking about like he's referencing this conversation he had where he had had a conversation with a person about this girl he had a crush on. And the girl he had a crush on was ill or something. And the person he had talked to was said, like, buy her a teddy bear and chocolates. I would never have said that. Okay. But he confused me for this person. Okay. 
And he's, I'm like talking about him now. I'm like, you're kind of like a stalker. You're very stubborn. <laughs> because I'm telling you, dude, that's not me. You didn't talk to me. But yeah, sure. I did because you didn't talk to me. No, I did. And I'm like, I would have never told you that. That is so lame. You don't buy somebody that. Like, do you even know her? Yeah. Do you even know her? You're just going to like, what? So yeah, it somehow evolved from that <laughs> to we just got to talking and got to be friends. Like, I kid you not. And wow. it was, so it was kind of like match.com before it was a thing. It very much had a stigma associated with it at that time. Yeah. yeah. Very much to where we still get kind of apprehensive to even talk about it. Hmm. But now people are just like letting their flag fly, doing their thing. I got all the commercials on match.com, yes. eHarmony, all the thing, right? Um, but yeah, so it was like maybe a year and a half later or a year later or something, he flew out to California for the first time. And then six-ish months after that, I went to Wisconsin and hung out for like a couple of weeks in the summer. Okay. Smart. In the summer. Keep mm. in mind as well. So it's a false, false, false. feeling. Mm -hmm. It is a false indicator. Keep in mind, I grew up in England, went to California. I don't know much about like where all the states were and stuff. I passed on the classes. Sure. But I didn't really know much about anything. Yep. And somehow I don't remember the exact whatevers, but it kind of reached a point of, okay, well, this is either going to work or it's not. Right. 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 And again, I'm looking for a way out of my, my family dynamic. Right. And actually, I think I said I was 20, but I was younger than that. I was like 18. It was, I was like younger than that. I oh, moved really? when I was 20. Sure. Um, but yeah. And I remember like somehow the, the conversation about me moving out there came up and I talked to somebody in California and they were like, dude, doesn't it like get really cold out there? I was like, <laughs> I don't know. So I asked him, well, like someone told me it gets super cold out there. And he's like, oh, it's not that bad. Not that bad. I wear shorts in January. Which I held over his head the entire time we, we lived there. You mean Polar how many years? I can't breathe when I go outside. My lungs are literally rejecting the air. It is colder outside of my house than it is in the North Pole not that bad, huh? Or like negative 30. And I'd be like, this is quite literally the coldest day of my life outside. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I never really let that go. Oh my gosh. It is death. It, it can be. Now there's yeah. sometimes it's not that bad yeah. once your blood thickens up and you know, but, yeah. and you realize like, I got to warm up and whatever, but yeah, polar vortex, like it can be rough and it you're in the kakanas why are we doing this or it were you just, in was you going to milwaukee or were you in kakana we were in the appleton area okay at that point yeah. and yeah. yeah i was just i was seriously i was just like i don't get why we're doing this which <laughs> was a little new thoughtish right because sure. you lived in that area it's pretty insular yeah um mm -hmm. lot, not a lot of traffic in or out right? right as far as people leaving there or moving there permanently sure. yeah um and here I come with my whew, crazy ways. Um, and I would say, I'm like, just, I'm like, quite literally, I would say to him, just because your family is from here or your people are from here does not mean that we need to live and die here. Right, right. Period. Yeah. And so let's go try something new. And if it doesn't work, we can go back. Right. And I, I, I know some people will struggle with, changing the colors on the wall right like I, I i know like that sounds like a huge thing to like completely right lift up your family and and do something um and i guess 
it, it is, but I, I don't see anything that we've done is like being like reckless or, or wild or anything. It's just like, why not? Which is so funny because it's all relative, right? Because someone else who is has a hard time making a decision at a restaurant would be like, oh my goodness, you were 20 yeah. and you moved from California to Wisconsin. That's basically across the country. Yep. And then, you know, several years later, you move from Wisconsin to Texas without seeing your house. <laughs> You in make person me sound kind of like cavalier you know i'm sound... saying like that is incredible like that is some crazy faith that is some crazy like that's awesome like that there's people out there who have the guts to be able to just yeah. like step out and that's really cool i actually think like i i admire it for real like that's so stinking cool because that's just indicative of you're moving things forward, kicking the ball yeah. down the field. Like there's yeah. not stuff stopping. You're yeah. going to continue to, that's why threes are generally the people who continue to climb the corporate ladder till they're at the top. I right. feel like most CEOs are threes. I think that was a statistic in the book I read. Oh really? Yeah. That's so it's, it's yeah. Cause you, you'll see that in the next two years. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, actually, I just shifted my position. So I'm sure I'll be here for a bit, but okay. yeah. 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 Okay. So, so let's put, let's put you on a five-year track. <laughs> no big deal <laughs> no no that's that's really cool right it's um yeah i mean i i see it definitely as as privilege quite mm. honestly um of where we live not i'm not talking about here in the you know austin area i'm talking about just us we're we're a very wealthy country right right, right. on on whole right yeah absolutely where, where we can do these kind of things yeah and, and for us personally that we've had opportunities afforded to us that we can do these kind of things. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's wonderful. I mean, and you know, even just the time that we're in, you know, my, my point about if it doesn't work, we can go back. Yeah. Why not? You absolutely can. Why not? Like we don't have to like hook up in a wagon and like wait for the seasons. I mean, a little bit, but like, yeah, this is an know, Oregon trail. Yeah. Right. We're not doing all that. Like, let's just go. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, now it's not just me. There's obviously our, our children, you right. know, to, to think about. And and ironically, we made a commitment as a family to come here. And I, I told them because that none of them had moved, right? They were all now all from Wisconsin, all born yeah. there, right? And I said to them, guys, the first year is the roughest because all you're going to think about is what you left behind. Right. Right. That's all you're going to think of. But if we can make it through that, we're good, but as a, as a family, we got to commit to a year. Mm. And then if this isn't working, let's talk about it. Yeah. Right. And come the end of that year, it was me who was the one who was struggling the most. Just questioning, why did I do this? Oh, blah, 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 you know, and yeah. they were all like, good. They're like, Hey, this is what we're doing. And uh, one of the little ones now, she sounds just like this little country girl, you know, <laughs> it's, it's wild. Um, but yeah, That's we're, awesome. we're very fortunate to have those opportunities. You know, what's so cool is that your personality and your understanding of kind of like, hey, we can do this and just kind of your attitude towards it all doesn't just affect you and your family. It actually affected us. So think, of, I want to tell you this story. We were, when we were moving from Wisconsin to move to Illinois, mm -hmm. 
we were talking about it. And one time Abby brought it up. She said, you know, I was talking with Rachel and she said that once they were in Texas, I think it was like just over a year or two. And she said she came back and visited in Wisconsin and then she drove past her old home. And then she didn't look at it as like, oh man, look what I lost. Look what I missed. Look at this, but look at like, that was a place I lived like, oh, that's my old house. And I've moved on to this new place. And she said, uh, we were talking about, she's like, so I know I'll get there but I got to take this time and yeah, it was really cool. And so it was kind of like, we were moving to a new adventure and this new place. And she was like, she reminded me that of that conversation she had with you saying the exact same thing you just said. And that eventually she's like, I go back and it's just a place I lived. There's great people there. There's great things. I love it, but I'm not going back with this like mourning of what could have been or what should have been. I'm going back like almost in the attitude of thankfulness of Mm -hmm. what I had. It's so true. That is so yeah. cool. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. And yeah, it, it is so true. I remember leaving that house, like when we put that house up for sale and it finally sold and whatever. Um, and us leaving that house. And I remember, oh, I was just mourning that mm-hmm. because that was where I prayed for my babies. And mm-hmm. that was where my babies came home. And, and I stood over the place where that first crib was, you know, with my eldest daughter and was just, I could see her there. And it was like, I'm going to leave this behind. Yeah. And, and now if we go up, we're like, Hey kids, you guys want to go by the house and we'll go by the house. And it's just a house. Yeah. It's just a house. It was, it was, it, it served us well. It was a right. part of our story. It's a part of our journey, but it, it's a part of it. It's not the story. It's not the journey. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that almost brings it full circle to going back to like time in England, California, Wisconsin, Texas. These are all places, but they're not like your identity. Your identity is who you are and the person that you have created and the, you know, like the attitude and the everything that encapsulates who you are isn't found in the identity of a place, but it's right. In, in who you are and who you yeah. portray and who you try to be actively yeah. every day. And so that's really cool. I mean, I, I remember having that conversation and she was like, yeah, this is Hutton's first. That's where we brought him home. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you go back and you think about like, yeah, this is a great place, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that's really cool. And I think that's, that's a great way of adapting and continuing to move forward. That's a great model. That's so cool. Well, I like to think that that each of these places is a part of me, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of funny you're, we're talking about this because I saw something on social media today that someone posted and I was like, girl, yes. And it, I shared this post and it basically was like, you know, it was like, hey, 20 year olds. It was like, you know, speaking to, to younger folks. Um, and it was like, I encourage you to move out of your hometown. Mm. Even if it's not forever, leave for a season. and. I wholeheartedly believe that because I believe that because I've lived in different places, because I'm not around the same people, there's, there absolutely is beauty in that. There's also Mm. weirdness in that. It used to freak me out going to the grocery store and Tim knew everybody. I'm like, oh my goodness, like calm it down, calm it (laughs) down. You can't go there without meeting somebody, you know, cannot handle it. Right. Um, I'm going to head on down to the quick trip and get myself some squeaky (laughs) cheese. Totally going to quick trip. Yeah going to the pig. Um, but yeah, like getting away from that comfort zone and, and, get, and I'm not even talking about traveling the world necessarily. Sure, right. Sure. 
but I'm talking about there, there quite literally is a whole world out there. Our country is massive, yep. right? There are so many other experiences to be had, so many other opinions and, and you know, just perspectives to immerse yourself in. And that does become a part of who you are, that you're not seeing the other, right? you're seeing people. Right. And I think that that's, that's part of, as a collective, where we can start to hit problems, right? Mm. Is when we see other and we don't see people. Yeah. Or we see suspicion and we don't see people. Exactly. Because it's outside of our lived experience. Exactly. Right. And and that's where we start to trip over stuff and and, and folks can start to 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 put a little something in there, right? Exactly. To kind of create to create rifts where there ought not be any. Um, because it's easy to be suspicious of what we don't understand exactly or what we haven't seen up close wow that's so interesting like what if you everyone had to give a year like maybe in the high school experience abroad or in another state even Mm -hmm. and where you're able to see things that are not your normative i think that's true because the adaptability of your personality being moving in different places says Hey, I know who I am in, in this place and I can adapt, yeah. right? Like with these people, I can be this with this, yeah. like you can see yeah. different things. Yeah. You're not, it's not fear based, yeah. Yeah. you know, I it's almost, it's, it's in, a, it's in a way where you're able to see and, and to be able to, um, engage. Yeah. I think it's incredibly important. I, it, it's, it's just real easy to fall into the trap, to, to believe the lie that, this way is the only way 100 it's real easy to do that because it's comfortable to do that it's uncomfortable to be like but wait a minute maybe it isn't that's exactly. that's uncomfortable that takes exactly. humility that takes yeah. uh, you need to listen sit down and listen right yeah and 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 truly part of that is getting out of that bubble get in with with other folks get in with other cultures get in with and experience those things. And, 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 and part of quite honestly, what pulled us south, um, was I wanted that for my children. Yeah. I wanted them to, to have other cultures around them. Yeah. I wanted them to have art and music and theater and, and, and just different demographics, quite honestly. Yeah. I wanted that for them. I wanted that, that portrayal of, of what I see as complete beauty Exactly. I wanted that for them. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so I knew that we kind of had a clock because like I said, that middle, that junior high sure. was sort of, that was a line in the sand of what I wanted to do better for my children. And so we had a clock and it's like, Hey, Tim, dude, yeah. rock your world, homie. Yeah. Let, let's talk. <laughs> and um, you went to a great place. I mean, Austin is really that it's music, it's yeah. art, it's diversity. There's so many great things there. It's yeah. a really incredible town. And that, I mean, that was, that was intentional, right? Like we, we talked about that and, and we talked about the calculation of, okay, let's not talk about my family. Right. Let's not talk about your family. Let's talk about our family. Right. And for our children with nothing else on the chessboard for our children, what would we choose for them? Mm. Where do we see more opportunity? Right. Where do we see uh, the ability for them again to have varied experiences and different right. things, and again, you know, reflecting on heck yeah, we got privilege that we could do that. 
Right. Exactly. And that's, you're looking toward what's the legacy that you want yeah. to leave for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That's and super part important. Of that, and part of that comes from, you know, I mean, it, it I, I always joke with Tim, I'm like, man, your life could have been so much easier if you just weren't a stalker, <laughs> yeah. if you just married some nice little girl from such and such, it would have been so much easier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, part of that, I, I do believe comes from my childhood getting jumbled up, yeah. you know, and, and things were kind of volatile sometimes right. and it wasn't very stable and then things were just kind of whatever sometimes. And, and, and so how that, you know, comes out of me today is, well, let's change it up. Yeah. Let's not be afraid of those things. Let's, right. But, but also knowing that I need to have stability there for my children. Right. Yeah. That's what I was just about to say from that change from the volatility, you now have created change, which is a good thing and stability, yeah. Yeah. which is a good thing. So yeah. you, again, in the same way you've said, I'm going to take what I didn't have and give yeah. to my children, what I want yeah. them to have, yeah. which I think is the greatest thing you can do as a parent. That's the only way you can make a change. Yeah. If you only give them what you have, then you're just going to create the same thing. Yeah, we talk about very intentionally that we want to be cycle breakers. Yeah. Right. That we want no more, that it doesn't go beyond us. Right. And and that for our children, the legacy as they walk that forward, that their their known reality is different than, yeah. than what ours was. The problem with that, um, because because thus far I feel like we're doing directionally well at that. Sure. Um, but the problem with that is again they don't know how well they got it exactly you know that's the problem with that so so i have saved up my air miles um you know and i plan to take them to england mm. i plan to to show them the home i grew up in um i plan to just try and try and help them see yeah just try and help them see yeah because they're they're smart kids and it's like you know put it on its face look at that versus where you are right and, exactly and, and measure the two together and recognize that there's there's a lot that goes into making those things happen yeah that's a huge teaching moment where you can really and that's like reality yeah, yeah. this is where you could have been and this is yeah. where you are yeah. you know and i doubt that they'll appreciate it in the moment but what when you go back 20 years and you realize yeah. that you have habits that were created by your parents because yeah. out of intentional things yeah. um that's you know what that's the wildest so cool. thing about that is Jeff is I, I don't really kind of delve into this like in tons of detail or anything generally but um that that whole change that whole shift that occurred mm -hmm. because of a decision that eight-year-old Rachel made eight years old I'm forever thankful to her for choosing at eight years old to go this way instead of that way. Mm. And this way instead of that way meant leaving my mother to go with my father. Wow. And it certainly wasn't an easy thing at the time. And the path wasn't easy from there on because it created a whole other set of issues. Sure. But had I chosen there, I probably would have never left that country. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so it quite- That's crazy to think about. Single decision that I was brave enough in that moment to speak. Yeah. 
and then retreated for years and years after. <laughs> sure. But what a decision like that. They left it up to you. Wow. Yeah. What was, a decision. It was, it was pretty wild. It was pretty wild to have, have someone hear my voice. Wow. But it was, it was eight years old and it was to go with him. And hmm. that set up this whole American reality that I currently live. Wow. That's so cool. Isn't that wild? That's so wild. Yeah. To look all the way back to a decision. I, mean, I have two eight-year-old daughters right now. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of wild. To think about them making a decision like that. That's a yeah. massive, massive decision. Yeah. Wow. They're, they're a younger eight than I was. And I, that's, I'm glad for that. Yeah. I'm glad for that. I want them to, to have that, that childhood. I, mine had, there, there was just addiction and, and, and different things that were happening in my world as a child Yeah. Um, from, from my parents and from my mother. Um, and that, that caused my world to, it caused me to, to kind of age beyond my years, Sure. you know, to see mm-hmm. things beyond my years is what yeah. it caused. And so I had enough sense at eight to say, no, this is wow. not for me. Wow. Yeah. And that changed my life. That's yeah. And that's a, that's an incredibly difficult decision and I'm sure a painful one. I'm sure an extremely painful decision. Well, can you imagine being a kid No. and like, I mean, you don't ever want to disappoint your parents. No. Yeah. Ever. I mean, that's like the worst to feel like someone's disappointed in you. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, kids, kids can go through so much stuff and, and like, you know, I, I, I see this now of like, you know, the children that are like in, in the foster system and, and mm-hmm. all these things that are happening here. Right. And, and, and just like, do you remember, um, at church, we used to go and we would volunteer at the domestic abuse shelter. Yep. You remember yeah. That? yeah. And I used Harbor to House. always think of those children. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, I didn't speak this out at the time, but I would see those children and I would think back to myself mm. and my experiences. Right. And be like, I can empathize yeah. with the road that they've walked. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that no child should have to deal with. Absolutely the stuff not. That they've dealt with. And yep. so for, for that, they'll forever have a stain on them. Yep. They just will. It, you know, no matter who you grow into, it's always going to be something that's kind of, kind of on you in some way. Right. Um, it, it just, it just is. Um, but yeah, it's, it's wild. And, and so, yeah, like we talk about, you always want to do one better for your children or you want to just advance the continuum. You want to take another step forward. Yeah. Maybe you're lucky enough to take two steps, yeah. right? But you just want to take a step forward. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm, I'm so thankful that it, it thus far in my life, I've been able to pull my children in that direction, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think that some of the um, most impactful times were serving at that that place, you know, yeah. because you know, like this is like legitimately one of the most impactful things we can do. Yeah, you know, beyond everything that we do at church and and yeah. and preaching and singing and that's great, yeah. but like this stuff is like what we should get be your doing. Hands dirty, exactly. Get, get in, get in there, and yeah, and and it, it used to like they would always. Do you remember this? They'd be like, "But why are you here?" Yeah. Yep. Because who are you gonna trust? I'm not gonna trust you. Yeah, exactly. Because so the trust has want? been broken. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you want? 
But seriously, mm-hmm. why would you do this for me? I can't do anything for you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, based on what we believe he did for us and we can't do for him. Exactly. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's who we believe we're called to be. Right. Like just, just straight up, like lay it bare and, and be there for other people. Um, and it's not about our own comfort. It's about the other, right. It's about them, you know? Yes. And that was some of like, just the coolest experience um and we would do it you know time and again right but just just being there and 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 serving folks like that um it was so good i love that so it was so so impactful and i I feel like you leave as impacted as the cleaning or serving or whatever you did i mean it is just you know and i and i think like that's the exact thing of the gospel that we can get caught in our comfort. And if we get caught in our comfort, then we stop and we miss the things that we should be doing. And so when we get caught in our comfort, that's when we start getting real petty and we start caring about worship songs. And we start turning inward. It is exactly exactly what you're saying. We start turning inward and we lose focus Mm -hmm. that it's not about us. Right. It isn't about us. It's the empty seat. Exactly. It's the empty seat. It's not about, oh, it's a little chilly in here today. I didn't like the way you brought that (laughs) message. Oh, well, did you hear about so-and-so? It it isn't. No. It isn't. And and, and I so struggle with that. I I so struggle with that, 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 I don't know. I feel like, I I feel like on on a lot of stuff that's even in just in current, current events, current times, we kind of got distracted. Absolutely. We're kind of, we're kind of missing the mark and, and man, the world is watching. Mm -hmm. Folks are watching. So what are Mm -hmm. we complaining about? Exactly. We've got it so dang good. What are we complaining about? Like, let's go, like, let's get out there. Let's get out of our own way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's like, that's like the cry of my heart right now. And I'm struggling to not just fall into apathy with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's how how do you intentionally live a life that's uncomfortable? How do you get uncomfortable or how do you get comfortable with uncomfortability? Mm-hmm. You know, like stepping into places that you're uncomfortable with. Yeah. Like stepping... who wants to do that? No one. That, that goes against our nature. Exactly. That it absolutely goes does. against our nature. Right. Because we're self-preservation people. Like that's mm-hmm. we want to preserve ourselves at all cost. Right. Right. So why would I step into a place with people who are from uh, a different socioeconomical background and, or whatever, and and if there's any stigmatism, like, why would I do that? You don't, unless you get the mission that this is not about you. Right. It's so like, it's just really, I don't know. I, I, I see it quite honestly. I see it that simply that it isn't about you. Exactly. Yeah. If there was nothing that I did, there was absolutely nothing that I did for, 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 you know, for Jesus to die for me, Mm -hmm. there was nothing that I did. You know what I'm saying? Like there was Mm -hmm. nothing about me that's special about me to where his grace is going to cover me. It's not about me. So who am I to try and keep people out? I got, I don't hold the keys. (laughs) Thankfully, hold the keys. Yeah, thankfully, because I'll be like, look, you know what? Mm. This is a problem. Um, and then Tim's like, this isn't up to code. You can't come in. But 
but you know what I'm saying? Like it, we got, we've gotten really good at that. Yeah. We've gotten really good at that. And, and it echoes to our own level of comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, you know, kind of why when I talk about getting out and going to see other people and not just going on a mission trip and snapping a picture and being like, yo, I exactly. was here, hashtag blessed. You know what I'm saying? No, like, what are we really doing to hear other people? Exactly. What yeah. are we really doing? Who in your sphere of influence, who has God put in your sphere of influence that that you can reach out to, that you right. can be a friend to, that you can be a listening ear, a helping hand? Do right. that. Right. Go be the church. Go do that. Right. Or Just even one. The other stuff. Right. Or even one, two connections removed. Yeah. Right. Maybe you're two connections removed away from somebody that's in a dire situation. Yep. And you could be there. Yeah. And so you have to, you know, it's not always, I think sometimes people take that circle of influence and they're like, yeah, this is my circle of influence. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. You better expand your freaking circle. That's what you need to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, like, okay, let's expand a little bit. Let's grow a little bit. Yeah. So I think that I agree with you 100%. I think I'm constantly trying to think, how can I make a better tomorrow for Hudson in my life? How can I not pass on the things that I've struggled with? And I see that those things in him and I'm like, darn it. You know, I like your road rage, like to run somebody <laughs> off the street. Cause dude. <laughs> yeah. It's innate in that kid. That might not be the jam. You know what when I mean? When he like, turned and whipped his water bottle on. today, clear across the room. I was like, oh, at least you got a cannon for an arm. <laughs> but, you know, but then I'm also like, how can I have uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations with people yeah. that, you know, are one or two connections away yeah. and ask them questions about, you know, what's going on in your life. Yeah. And mean and, it. And mean it. Yeah. And mean it. Right. Yeah. Right. Like we, we have to, we have to mean it. One of the coolest things for me is when I, I try to keep it running all the time. I had a pastor one time who told me, I used to think like before I came to Christ, like I'd always see people with like the fish sticker on the back of the car. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I'm gonna get me one of those. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and like, cause I want to get members. I want to be like, I want to be in the club. Right. I want to be in, I want people yep. to know I'm in. And he said, I'll never put one of those on my car because the moment when I'm in my flesh and someone cuts me off and I flip the bird out the window, they see him, not me. Yeah. They see, oh, there goes that Christian doing blah, 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 right. And so I, I kind of, that's always sort of in the background, sure. right? That like, you know, we all have like spheres of influence or we all have, you know, like the people we interface with directly in a day, they may not be our friends, but maybe it is someone like in the workplace, whatever. Yep. Right. We all have like social media platforms and we have people, you know, that, that see us and they observe us. And so I'm always conscious of that, that if, you know, if I am posting um, something that, that is of scripture or something of that, that, that I can hold two truths together, that yeah. I can talk scripture and I can speak about equality, or I can talk about scripture and I can speak about justice because they mm-hmm. aren't opposite to each other, right? Exactly. And the coolest thing that affirms that journey is when people who are far away from Christ message me and say, hey, 
can you tell me a little bit more about such and such? Mm -hmm. Or can you teach me a little bit about, or how would I ask? They're paying attention. Yeah, absolutely. And that is seeking the other. That is yeah. just, just walking it out. Yeah. And, and being like, look, man, I'm jacked up. I'm jacked up. I don't have my stuff together. Right. I don't say stuff right. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't, I'm not, not polished. I'll mess up and, and whatever it is. And yep. my Enneagram three has an issue with all of that. Right. <laughs> but, but it, it matters. It, it does it's just how we, how we walk matters. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cause you're, you're, you're casting a shadow and you're, you're showing, um, you know, like, I think that's Peter, when he was walking in the Bible, they talk about that people would just try to be in his shadow because yeah. he was so close to Jesus that just being in his shadow, some, they believe that they would be healed. Yeah. So is the shadow that you're casting of Jesus or is it of yourself? Right. You know, like that's a question. So what are, what are you shining? What are you showing? Yeah. So I want to ask you a question, like for someone who maybe is not, um, they don't like to take risks or they don't step out of their comfort zone or maybe they had something traumatic happen yeah. and they haven't been able to heal from that. Yeah. You know, maybe they're kind of stuck in a season. What would be your advice to move forward? How do you move forward? How do you heal? How do you take the next step? If I'm being completely honest, I don't have the answers mm. because I'm still trying to unpack and figure out some of that stuff myself. But one of the things I have learned is you can't outrun it. You can't, you can't like move away from it. You can hold it back behind a closet door for as long as you possibly can, but it's still sitting back there. Yeah. It's not going away. It doesn't just, you know, disappear. Right. So all that to say, at some point you have to start to face it. Right. And and, and it, in facing it, you know, I think you start to, you start to heal, you start to take a, take a step forward and, and there like, there's great pain that, that, that people have. I would pray for those people that they would have just a person, yeah, just a single person who they could trust enough to open up and speak some of that out to, to break light on some of it. Yeah. Right. Cause, cause the enemy does truly like to kind of keep us bound to these things, yep. right. To keep us constrained to that hurt or that shame or that Absolutely. pain, or I can never trust anybody again. And, and so to ask somebody to open up, whew, that is hard. Yeah. That is so hard. Um, but I think that that's, only way forward and i say that as a person who knows i got a lot of stuff i have to unpack yeah i mean i'm talking to you here right and and i'm dancing around my story and i'm doing such and such and i'm trying to some uh, there have been points where i've had to try and swallow it back down <laughs> because i can't allow myself to actually get there to talk yeah. about the thing yeah or the things yeah or the person or how that still resonates with me today. And I was a child. Right. Right. Um, what I, what I try to draw from it is not the negative, but I try to draw the positive impact that it had on me. Yeah. That because of those things, I can be braver Yeah. or because of those things, I can now adapt 
faster maybe than other people can, yeah. right? Or I, I've seen some of the ugly in folks or a lot of the ugly in folks, right? And, but, but I have to choose not to see everybody that way. Yeah. Not everybody's gonna hurt me. Right. And, and so all, it, it's all a measure of trust. It, it, it really does come down to a measure of trust. And I would just, again, hope that that person has somebody that they can trust enough to start to shed light on it or to just start to write it down. Yeah. Even if you can just, just let it out a little bit. Right. Because otherwise that, and that's part of like, when I talk about, you know, going from age 13 to it's now when I'm starting to be able to stand, it's because I realized, whew, my closet can't hold anymore. Right. And my shoulders can't bear anymore. Right. So I have nothing to do but either buckle under the weight of it or cast some of it off. Right. And figure out how to stand. And so that I'm kind of speaking out truly the advice I'm giving myself daily at this point. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Take a next step. Right. I agree. Right. Yeah. How can you, maybe it's writing something down or having a conversation or making that first counselor appointment, like take a step. That's awesome. I think that's great. That's great advice. And you would know, like I'm a, I'm there with you. I'm saying that as a jacked up person who does not have their stuff together. Amen. But you know, I'm with you 100%. I'm telling you, I know that what I have done thus far, that's not, that's not it. You can't outrun it. Yeah. Because I tried that. I went to California, Wisconsin. Can't outrun it. Yeah. You can't hide from it. You can change your accent all you want, but you can't hide from it. Right. <laughs> yep. You can, you can cycle break all you want, but it's still sitting in the closet. Right. So you can do all the things. Right. But at some point you've got to face it. Right. I love what you said too, that you do your best to take uh, a negative situation and look at the positive. I can be braver because of this, yeah. you know? And I was uh, talking with Abby just a couple of days ago. We were talking about just some some stuff, hard things that are happening. And I said, you know, I think you may be looking at this as a season of like, like defeat. Mm-hmm. But I don't look at it as a season of defeat. I look at it as five years from now, you're going to see triumph. Yeah. And, and then, you know, I was like, you almost have to say that in faith. Yes. Because it doesn't feel that way. And it may not yes. feel that way soon. Yes. And it's okay if it doesn't feel that way. Right. You don't have to say, oh, I, you know, because sometimes it's just inauthentic and it's just stupid. Yeah. I know I'm a conqueror more than a conqueror. Okay. It's we all heard service. that. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. No, like yeah. let's work through it. But I'm saying, I think you actually will be a better person yeah. because you went through this hard thing. And I think that that's so true what you said. Yeah. I appreciate it it's, so much. It's so incredibly hard when we are in that season of change or when we are in that, that season of growth or refinement or just the Valley. Yeah. It is so hard. And I, I know I've, I've heard it preached before, um, you know, to, to, to remember his faithfulness. Right. Um, and so that that's hard to say to someone who's a non-believer. Yeah. Where are you going to draw from? Yeah. Right. Um, but I've, I've heard it say to remember his faithfulness. And so sometimes it's just, okay, yeah, you did show up before, right? You did show up before, right? So I'm going to try and learn or try and push or try and do what I'm going to do while I'm here, but I'm going to take a step of faith and believe that you got me because you right. didn't let me fall before. Yeah. Even and I, though I thought you were going to. 
Exactly. Right. And you didn't show up when I wanted you to. <laughs> I love that. Like whenever I think of walking through the valley, I think of Psalms 23. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite passage, part of that passage is at the end when he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. But when you think about that contextually, he's saying, you prepare a table for me of food in the presence of my enemy. So if you think about it in this context we're talking about, imagine sitting down across the table from an enemy mm-hmm. and saying, there's good food in front of me and I can eat. Whenever you're in that dealing with that traumatic situation or dealing with someone who's an enemy, you don't mm-hmm. eat. You're, you're nauseous. You're, you're nervous. Yeah. You're anxious. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that idea. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and my mm-hmm. cup overflows. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's this ability to say he's he's not absent the mess waiting for you to get clean. Right. Right. He's in the middle of the mess yeah. Yeah. filling your cup. Yeah. And that part of that passage when I heard it explained before was mm-hmm. became my favorite because I'm sitting here across the table of my enemies and they're like, man, you ain't going nowhere. And I'm like, dude, pass the salt. Cause I got a steak here. Come on somebody, you know, mm-hmm. my cup mm-hmm. overflows. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. And that part is the beauty of it to yeah. me, you know? Yeah. And I, so I, I, it was like crazy when I had, when yeah. I, when someone explained that to me for the first time yeah. and it was, I was like, wow, that became my favorite part of it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that really is so good, right? And that, that completely does take the faith of a willingness to, because people are going to mock you and question you mm-hmm. or just try and, and continue to, to, to point out the flaws or point out the bad or point out the problem, right? And that's when you just got to keep walking out and man, you look crazy to some folks, <laughs> right? They're going to think you're crazy. Yep, exactly. Um, but just keep keep on. I mean, I, folks, man, folks thought we were crazy moving down here. Um, like, why, why would you do that? That was a quote. Why would you do? Why wouldn't we? I, why wouldn't we? That's I it. I don't know. Like that was honestly. Why wouldn't we? I love it. Um, I think that should, that should be the title of this podcast, Rachel Coonan. Why wouldn't we? That's going to be it. Yeah. Also, don't read the manual. Sign Rachel Coonan. Yes. No one, no one cares about that. Why wouldn't we dot, 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 don't read the manual. Just a, manual. just a, just a little backhand comment at Tim, the tool man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's remarkable. It is remarkable. No. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I really think that's it. I mean, if, if, if my story and, and my life lived thus far, um, it, it's just trying to keep going. And, and what I'm learning now in this season is, and I think that part of being a three kind of struggles with this because I want to have all the answers and I want to perform and I want to be able to do all things. Um, but it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. And it's okay to be like, no, nah, I can't do that. It's, it's okay if, if stuff is too heavy and you know that it is. You know that it's not something that you're being called to do. You know that this isn't like you being stretched. You know those things and you got to put it down. Yeah, exactly. I'm and with so, it. Like I said, folks are going to be in their feelings about it, but you got to put it down. Yeah, you have to literally. Yeah.
Come on. That's so good. I love it. Thank you so much for taking time. It is so late and we are both so old that uh, my coffee Look, ran you out. You started this thing at 830 and I've given you <laughs> so much flack about it because like, what the heck? I'm drinking a half cup of coffee. I I'm thankful I didn't make it through the whole thing. I have a prayer of sleeping this evening at this point, but uh, not even this evening, tonight. Really? It's Caffeine affects you that much? Yeah. Oh, I sincerely apologize. Caffeine See, and just my brain. See, this is like something, you know, like that I need to be more aware of because yeah. I can drink this entire uh, mug here. You can't see it, but I think it's like around 12 ounces of coffee and fall asleep in the next ounces. five minutes. Wow. I could drink literally a whole thing. I could drink a large coffee from Starbucks, even though they call it something else, whatever, venti or whatever. And I Starbucks could- Starbucks is intimidating. Yeah. 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 And I, could, I could drink that and then fall asleep five minutes later. Are you serious? Doesn't affect me at all. Yeah, that doesn't happen. If I'm horizontal past <laughs> 7.30, it's over. Like legitimately, it's gone. I'm just saying, you're out here asking folks to show up at 8.30. I appreciate PM. it. I PM. appreciate it. My first meeting this morning was at, well, actually it was at 9 a.m. I didn't have an eight o'clock today. So it was at 9 a.m. But that was like, you know, a hot minute ago. So I'm conscious. I'm here. Shout out. I think you deserve a medal for it. I'll send I would, you. I would like that. I would I'll, like that. Just okay. like an accolade of some okay. sort. Well, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll let me let me search into the interwebs and we'll see what we can get a little participation if you can come up trophy. With something, yeah. Again, three. We like that. Okay. Number one at staying up. Oh, it's so shameful. It's so bad. <laughs> if if I do send it, I need to see it on the wall behind you. Well, that's the plan. There's going to be not like awards on the wall. Okay. But yeah. The wall, it's very not dressed in here right now. But okay. Yeah. We're there going places. I'll send you a picture. All right. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much. I appreciate it again. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to come down and visit you guys and hit some chewies up and come on. Torchies. Let's yes. do it. You are welcome whenever. Thank you for having me. And hopefully my rambling helps somebody. Who knows? I'm with you. I think it will. It was super fun. Awesome. Thanks for listening to another episode of Where They've Been. I think Rachel's yeah. story is super powerful. I love just really seeing all the different seasons and circumstances that she went through and right. how she personally persevered. Um, and I, I personally think she has an incredible perspective. Like, it's really yeah. cool to look back and be like, hey, I went through these hard seasons, but I'm allowing them to continue to shape me and to continue right. to um, help me to create better environments for those around me and to look at my past, yeah. but not be defined by it, but look at it in a way of like, Hey, I want to make a better future. And right. I just think like, man, she went through a lot of crazy things yeah, and just has a crazy story. And I personally love the story of, of Tim and Rachel coming together. Like that story. Oh my crazy. gosh. Like what, especially where she goes, what did she say? Um, we went in the chat room, but don't worry. It wasn't anything sketch. <laughs> like because that's where everybody's brain went because it was exactly. sort of like okay like uh, can you share this on the podcast okay yeah, exactly <laughs> no but they're th that's incredible that's so yeah. awesome and then like what she said was what we're all thinking who moves from the west coast yes wisconsin you of know what i mean places of oh all places gosh. yeah i mean like wisconsin people we love you but what right i mean that's you know well, just looking at her story, if you look at it on a map, 
from England to California to Wisconsin to Texas. Yeah. Those are basically their own countries. <laughs> if you look at like, obviously England is, but California, its own country. Yeah. Wisconsin, Midwest, own it, country. And then down much, to yeah. Texas. Yeah. Like that's, she's just basically like, you know what? She's almost like her own little missionary. She's like, I'm going to go and yeah. we're going to go here. We're going to do this. And it's, it just goes to show that I think she let all of the things that happened in her past. She, posit she was like it's so intentional about positively and like affecting her you know what i mean because so many so many of us we will let the things of our past negatively affect us but she was like no i'm like these are the things that happened to me in my past i'm gonna make sure that i'm gonna take this and i'm gonna make it into a positive right you know what i mean and so i think like the one thing that i thought specifically she was looking at kind of you know i know with her parents getting a divorce and like talking through that hardship and then i mean i think she talked about having to I think she's, she ended up living with her dad, like following, basically going with her dad and like having to deal with that. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like that'd be so difficult. And then like where she talks about being cycle breakers for her kids, right? Like just saying like, you know what, this is what her and Tim are going to do. That's what they're here for is they're here to break the cycle. So, so their kids don't go through the same things that they went through. And I think for me, I was like, dang, let's go. Like that felt like that was like the heartbeat behind the whole, exactly. you know, the whole conversation yeah. is like, this is where I've been, but this is not where I'm going to stay. You know what exactly. I mean? So it's just, so that's what I, I mean, that was just so powerful. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Like the cycle breaking and just ma- paving a way for a better tomorrow and leaving right. things better than you found them and just moving oh, forward. Yeah. And even the story of like, like I said, just crazy, almost faith in the way of like, you're buying your house. Before, before you've seeing. even been in it <laughs> oh my gosh i mean like, like me, oh yeah that's stressful just borders on lunacy stressful. but also like just really cool faithful like, lunacy i yeah, think a part of it just, you know what i mean yeah but really cool like hey i'm, I'm yeah I'm, i've done this before we're gonna do it again and right. it's all gonna be good like yeah that's one of the coolest things i feel like i got the chance to go down in texas and hang out with them it's kind of like it's all good Let's just roll with the flow, you know? Right. Let's go to the places. Let's hang. We're going to go here now. We're here now. It's awesome. Yeah. And I think that just is, that attitude is so powerful. And I think not allowing those things that have, like you said, where they've been to define where you are now, but making a change. Exactly. Man, her story is so stinking cool. Like so many ups and downs and changes, twists and turns, but it's super powerful. Right. So powerful. So dude is awesome. So thanks again, Rachel, and uh, hit her up. She's in Texas. She's got some crap. She's like the craft lady who's always mm-hmm. just like just creating stuff down there. She may be laughing if she's listening to this because she used to have craft events, you know, in Appleton, and everyone would go there, and she'd be coordinating everything, and people would be leaving with some sweet crafts. So anyway, so did her did her husband Tim ever look at her crafts and say, "Ah, that's not up to code. That's not gonna work." <laughs> No, Sorry, he hun. wasn't Tim the inspector tool man. Oh, not back Tim then. the inspector. Got it. No, no. <laughs> but he probably would say that now. So true. Good point. True. Yeah. So no, it's just an awesome, awesome podcast. But I want to move on to to our good news story. And uh, we got a particular good news story this week. This it's a true. personal good news story. This is true. It's an exciting good news story. This is true. You're, you're just spitting facts right now. This is true. I'm building yeah. it up. There's a build you're building up. it up for everybody. Building. That, that's true. It's built. yeah. Well, well, you've built you've built it. Now I have to come and uh, I wasn't done tear building it, it yet. But no, you were okay. Keep building. It's <laughs> tension. Tension. Keep going. Keep going. Yes. No, yeah, yes. You you go ahead. Take it. 
yeah so the the good news uh comes from uh the Moore family and uh that is well first let's build it up a little more about a year and a half ago my wife and i um started to um, try to get pregnant yeah and i always thought all right they told you in high school hey if, if you you know if you do it you're gonna you're gonna get pregnant right away you do it once so i was just sort of thinking as soon as we started to try i was like it's gonna happen it's gonna happen like that but then it yeah. didn't happen and then i of course always made the joke like hey you know what i don't mind trying like i said that for a while mm-hmm. just because it'd get people to laugh um but then i realized oh man like i started to question my own like masculinity i started to question my own like i don't know manhood because you're yeah. sort of thinking like i can't like give my wife a child mm-hmm. and so that was something that we struggled through we prayed through we cried through and uh and yeah she is as as we speak 11 weeks pregnant right now Let's yeah go, so dude. all Come those on. clappers right now so yeah that's the, the the good news around our world right now um and uh we're gonna see you know in a while you know we're gonna tell the story of where they've been but that's gonna be when uh, our child is on here in about 16 years he'll be a special 16 guest. years man yeah yeah dude no i i love that i think that yeah. that story is incredible and it's super super powerful that you Thank you for sharing that, number one, by the way. I know you shared a little bit on social media, but thank you for sharing that because it's just a powerful story. I mean, I remember times we would talk on the phone or times you asked to pray and it's just like, man, I'm losing a little faith right now. It doesn't feel like feel like I'm starting to question and you walk through that season of questioning and it's tough, you know? And, but then now to see like, Hey, like, this is where we're at. We're having a child We're we're our family's growing. It's just so cool. Right. So truly, like, I would say to see kind of God's faithfulness through everything, because if you think about it, if we would have gotten pregnant right away back in the day, like we would have been still in our one bedroom apartment. Like now we have a four bedroom house. You know what I mean? Like just, I don't know why God says yes and no to certain times. Like I won't, we're never going to know, but at the same time, like we could have made it work, but it would have been a lot harder if we would right. have gotten pregnant, you know, in a one <laughs> when she was in it, when we were exactly. living in a one bedroom apartment. So it's like the timing was, it was perfect. Like yeah. we just got settled into the house and it's a four bedroom house. And we're like, Oh, this is less cramped. We can make this work, you know? Exactly. So, um, yeah, man, it's been good and God is good. And we're just trusting and obviously praying for a, a good next 30, how many ever months is left. Yeah. Um, or weeks. Months? Left, Let's so. hope oh, not gosh. months, but weeks. No, sorry, Val. 30 no, months. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, why would you wish that on me? Oh, why my would you wish this torturous yeah. life? Oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. No, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. We're so excited for you. Send some gifts over to the Morehouse. Zach's address is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it just puts you on blast. You got to give Jeff Moore, little Jeff Moore, his, uh, yes. his gifts. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this just means I'm the godfather status. You know what I mean? I mean, you are, you are Italian, so. I'm not Italian, but there I'll you are. I've, bro, I've, I've made your, I've created your family tree. You are too. I don't have, do I really? Yes. This do is an know, awkward conversation to end this. You know but more yeah, about me than I, I know do. about me. Yeah. We'll talk we'll about it offline. Yeah. enough of that you can't refuse. <laughs> I nailed that, by the way. That, that was, was perfect. That was perfect. I really, we are Italian? Not we, it's not me, but you are. Yeah. I don't remember that whatsoever. Well, anyway. Anyways, that's a weird way to end this podcast. Yes. This art we are sponsored by (laughs) Ancestry.com. Go ahead, spit in the tube and find out if you're Italian too. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye. Rivadeo Chief.